Welcome back to the Black Belt Podcast. This is episode 35. Today's guest is Izzy Breuder. Izzy has won all the major events in ITF Taekwondo. She has been a world champion, European champion, World Cup champion and a European Cup champion between her time as a junior and now senior. After a very successful 2018, Izzy suffered a debilitating knee injury that kept her out of all of 2019, but she has now made a full recovery and is raring to go once COVID-19 has blown over. Today I chat to Izzy about her competitive career so far, her injury and how it affected her both physically and mentally, as well as how she balances life and training. Make sure to like, share and subscribe. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the podcast and hope you enjoy. So what's up, Izzy? How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. How are you? I'm all good. I'm all good. And um, how are you finding uh, isolation and COVID and that, that, that's, that's sort of stuff? <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's... I've been keeping busy, quite busy with uni work. But apart from that, now I'm finished, I'm a bit like, oh, I'm not sure what to do with myself, but I'm going to try and keep training and try and give a bit of structure to my day because otherwise I'll go absolutely crazy. Yeah, but it's all right. <laughs> have you been doing much training? Um, I have. I, I, I try and train through everything that I do the past couple of weeks haven't been I haven't been training that much but I've kind of restarted now exams and all my assignments are handed in so yeah I I have been training quite a bit I'm lucky to have a garden thank god but I know some people aren't as lucky as me yeah yeah trying to find the space to to get to do a bit yeah Yeah, I know and I'm, I'm quite lucky um my coach is very proactive so um we've been doing quite a lot of zoom sessions and i mean it's 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 fine to find the space me and dad have cleared out a room and we do patterns in there and we can zoom my coach whenever we want really which is which is really nice to have you find that helps to have somebody at home to train with yeah well me and dad don't train together all the time we kind of drive each other mad i I, you know, to be honest, he's never really been my instructor because we, 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 I consider him like one of my best mates. Like we just get on so well, but put us like in a situation where one of us is trying to teach the other one. Oh my God. It ends in arguments. It just doesn't work. It's quite funny though, but yeah, no, it is nice. We do train together sometimes and it is really nice sometimes. I think you're nearly less patient when uh, when you know the person. Like something oh, I remember, yeah. when my sister's been was younger, especially, and you'd be trying to teach her patterns. It's like my patience. Would be, oh, <laughs> yeah, so no, much. you just can't. There's too much of a personal connection. Yeah, it's like in the club, you'll have like way more patience with a kid, and then you come home, and it's like no patience. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like um, my dad, um, he's he's quite strict as an instructor, but. I don't know, like, I just can't. When he's trying to be strict with me, I just, I either laugh or kind of talk back to him, <laughs> which is quite bad, but it's just the relationship we have, especially now I'm a bit older. But I think also we have a bit of a, we also have a proactive relationship, say if we train together, because he has, um, he helps teach some people and um, he asks me for, like, input on sparring because he, he, He's much more of a patterns kind of person. So we, we, we do help each other, but yeah, 
it's just not we would not work in a instructor student relationship it just wouldn't work so so how did you actually get started then did you start because you're because um, of we'll see like this is a lot of people don't know this that i started first so um i at my primary school there was like a demonstration and i remember it really vividly i was only five though but i remember it really vividly we were all sat on like mats and we we were brought into an assembly kind of thing and they were opening a club as an after school club and i remember there was like a demonstration with about 10 people and you know i was a, i was a really sporty kid like i did every sport you could possibly do like i was always in after school clubs i was trying to be as active as possible um so i just kind of i think i said to my parents i said can i let's just try it and I'll, I'll just try it and i never really intended it intended it on being something like it is now i just did it as a hobby i wasn't it wasn't one of those stereotypical oh i want to be like i don't know a ninja turtle or something i was i did everything and it was just another thing i did and so I was doing it for a year and I started when I was nearly six and then they opened a parents class a year later and dad just tried it out and like the rest is history basically. Um, but when I was younger, I did not take it seriously whatsoever. I just didn't. I, I, I was doing like Taekwondo one day. I was doing football, basketball, swimming gymnastics i was doing everything and as i got older the more interested i got in taekwondo so the more like i whittled down all the other sports so then i'd want to train taekwondo twice a week so i stopped gymnastics and then i wanted to do it three times a week so i stopped football and it went like that so it ended up when i was about 12 i think 12 or 13 I was just doing taekwondo so yeah that's did you compete at all would you have competed as a color belt or was it you were just training and just enjoying it with um, a sports I, I I think the first time I competed I was about a red tag I I was in an association I I, I didn't start in our ITF now um I started in a different association and it was quite it was it was a very like it was a small pond and there was not many big competitions that they to be honest for when i was younger they were ma they seemed massive but now i've like come into this itf like no they weren't they really weren't but i competed first when i was a red belt no red tag and i i, I wasn't very good <laughs> i really wasn't very good when i was younger um yeah I, well i didn't take it seriously so i i mean at that age you're kind of just in it for the enjoyment so um yeah I, and i didn't really win anything when i was a color belt and then when i turned black belt i like won the first competition i did in patterns and yeah then i kind of started enjoying it more well obviously you can enjoy it more when you win <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 
but um yeah so that's kind of how it started it, it i only really started doing well when i was a black belt which is well listening to a po- to your podcasts i think everyone i think quite a few people are in the same position yeah i think that's always i think it's kind of this a strange thing to see like you you kind of expect that the people who are always winning as a color belt like just they just keep doing it when they get the black belt and they want to be they're the people who end up being world champions but yeah it's not yeah it's it's people who oh yeah no i I agree with you i think i think people peak at different times um so you you might see some people peaking as color belts and unfortunately when they get to black belt maybe they they didn't realize the level was gonna like so they maybe they started here as a color belt and everyone else was here and then by the time they're black belt everyone else is there so then that they, they, they don't know what to do like i've seen a lot a lot of people when i was a bit younger um who were winning a lot in very small competitions and then when they went up a level they they got shocked at the fact that people were similar level to them yeah like i think I, you, I, I, you see on. people you see people win a like I know for myself, like, like being better in one event than the other, you know, like as like when I was a color belt, much better in patterns, but then you mm-hmm. get to where it even it switches around and then like better at sparring. So I think even yeah, even if even if you're winning as a color belt, you might not necessarily still be winning in that in that event by the time you get the black belt. Yeah, I I I find the pattern sparring thing a bit weird because um, I've had my fair share of medals in both. But when I was younger, you, you wouldn't see me doing sparring. Like I hated it. Like I really hated it. When I was when I first turned black belt, I was winning. I was winning patterns medals. Like I was only winning patterns medals. And then I'd get like a bronze in sparring when there was only three people in the category and stuff. So I'm not even gonna not even gonna class them as medals because I just don't see it, uh, especially at that small level. Like I I don't know. I just I was so bad and I I used to cry. <laughs> like every time they wanted me to spar, I would just cry. I did it eventually. I mean, I think it kind of made me a bit more resilient, but no, I, I, I actually despised it. I don't know why, I just didn't like it. I think part of it was when I was younger, the association I was in, until you were 11 oh 13 i think you sparred the boys yeah and um (laughs) well i remember this um my mum remembers this really well um and i don't know i i I, he i don't think he's training anymore so this we're in this competition i think we were about 11 or 12 and I was, well, I've always been small, like I'm really small, but when I was younger, we were in this category with, and it was mixed girls and boys, and they put, it like they drew everything, and I was against this boy who was a lot bigger than me, and he absolutely battered me, and to this day, my mum always laughs, because he went on to become a plus 85 fighter. That's how much of a disparity it was. 
yeah, you kind of wonder how how did that happen? Like, you know, like how did you get away? Yeah, with it's it's crazy to think about now. It, it, you'd never see it happening now, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I was up against when I was younger. Maybe that's why I hated it. Did you ever find that maybe because it, like if you if you were after winning in patterns and you had a medal in patterns and you enjoyed that more, did that kind of even put you off the sparring even more? Um, I have the medal. I have the medal. I kind of wanted. Um, I know, like, I don't really want to spare. Yeah, maybe. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I would just say purely on the fact that I enjoy patterns more. So even if I got a silver or a bronze, I would still hate sparring just as much. I that kind of that started to change only when I was about fourteen, fifteen. So. I, when I first got on the national team, I only went for patterns. So I got on the national team. My first competition was the Euros in Slovakia 2012. No, 2011. Yeah. Slovakia 2011. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And I remember because this was when we first moved into this ITF. And um, it was a really pivotal moment for me because... I went there thinking, because I'd only been in small competitions, I, I didn't really know what to expect. And I went there thinking, oh, this this will be okay. Like, I might get a medal. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Like, I laugh at myself now. Like, what a horrible thought from me. Um, but I was 14 and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I thought that. And I remember I was in the first round against Naomi. And I was like, oh, she's from Ireland. Like, I've been against people from Ireland before. Like, should be okay. And, like, I mean, she absolutely wiped the floor with me and then went on to win, which, I mean, like, I really looked up to her when I was a junior. And it's, um, yeah, uh, it was a, I was so upset when I lost. But looking back now, like, there was no chance I was ever going to get past the th- first round. She was actually um, she was actually European champion at that going into that one. Yeah. She won, did you did you know that before yeah. you? Yeah, uh, no, I I didn't because I I wasn't in the ITF, so I had no idea who anyone was. I had zero clue of who anyone was. The only people I knew were people on the England team who I met through squad training sessions. So I didn't I I had no idea what to expect. Um, but no, like that was a massive pivotal moment for me, knowing that I had so much work to do. And I, I really feel that those kind of moments make or break a person in terms of their sporting career. And it, it really pushed me to work so much harder than I did because I, I, didn't, I didn't know what it meant to be at a European Championships and how I have to train for it. Yeah, so it had like time and time again, like everybody's like, yeah, the, the first one is always an experience. Like just it's just yeah. such a, it's yeah. such a way to, like, to the to thing work. is like it's hard to explain it to someone who's not experienced it because honestly, like I, I well there are there are people who 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 before you know, go to their first one and really mark, like mark their ground and they, they, 
they go on to do great things in their first competition. But I think that's very, very small percentage. And I mean, you could look at trends and probably see that maybe the people who have done that have connections in Taekwondo and family members who have gone on to do great things before them, like um, Adam and Ryan. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everyone's, everyone's experience is different and there's no right way to do it. Yeah, I think like, yeah, very few. I, I, I think it'd be interesting to, I think, look at the junior divisions and if you take the people who are the winners, I think a lot of them you would see are after three or four tournaments and are mm. close, yeah. to being, close to being 18. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Because, uh, well, I know that happened with me. So um, 2011 lost in the first round in patterns, 2012 lost in the first round in patterns. Then in Brighton, 2012, I think I got maybe to the quarterfinal maybe or something like that. Um, and <laughs> so I was, and this is, to be honest, this is quite funny. Like I laugh at myself now because it's, it's kind of embarrassing, but I don't really care. Um, so <laughs> I was entered for sparring in that competition. And on the day, like I just pussied out and I just didn't do it. And I could hear them calling my name, saying, you need to come to the ring. And I was meant to fight Ellen Ince. And I was like proper shitting myself. And I just didn't do it. <laughs> How did you, was there people around you kind of telling you, is either they're calling you there? <laughs> well, I, I was speaking to my coach at the time. And he was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, honestly, no. Like, I really don't. And he was like, well, why don't you just have a go? When I was like, what's the point in having a go? Like, I'm not going to have a go at a world event. Like, that's not, that's not something that's appropriate. Oh my God, my window cleaners are here. Going to have to close my curtains. (laughs) (laughs) You might see them in a minute. Oh, well. Um, So yeah, 2012 didn't do anything there. 2013 I remember this I would say this is another pivotal moment I've had quite a few um pivotal moments in my time and I know it's not been a considerably long time in international competition but in 2013 at the selection tournament I wasn't going to spar I I I wasn't going to do it and I remember Master Leah said to me he said Izzy, I think you should have a go just to see how you feel with it. Just do the selection. We like we, we might select you, we might not select you, and then you can see how you feel. So I did the selection competition, and I mean, the England team at the time was not big. So I fought this girl, and I don't, to my surprise even, I, I beat her. Then I got selected. And I was training and I started enjoying sparring a lot more in training, um, which, which kind of made me more motivated to compete in sparring. And then 2013 at the Euros in Sweden, uh, I lost in the first round of patterns again. And then I, what, what else? I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure I lost to Ireland both, in both. I think I lost to Chloe in patterns. 
And then I lost to Ellen, who I was meant to fight um, in Brighton. I lost to her in the first round in Sweden. And uh, I... I got battered to be fair. I got battered by her and I, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say it. She, she is such a talented fighter and um, yeah, she, she really outsparred me there. And then um, we just went on with training and then uh, Benidorm 2013. And, and this came as a massive surprise that I lost in the first round of patterns and I got bronze in sparring. And that was the most surprising thing, even to, like, to me, that I would win a medal in sparring and not in patterns. That had never happened to me before. And for it to happen at a world event was just was pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah. And I lost to Ellen in the semi-final. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, that's kind that, of when things started to change. Yeah. Was that a turning point, do you think? The getting that medal to kind of go actually maybe the sparring isn't too bad i think so yeah um yeah definitely um but then 2014 also not a good year for me but you know it's it's really difficult when you when you look back and you think about all the different competitions and think about different situations that happened at those competitions so 2014 lost in the first round of patterns, lost in the first round of sparring. And I was, I, I felt very, very deflated because um, I'd made so much progress in my sparring, especially. For me to lose in the first round, I was absolutely gutted. Um, patterns as well. Just, I, I, I kind of, well, I mean, I, w I was so motivated throughout the whole thing anyway. I wouldn't say my motivation decreased at all but it was at the time really deflating to know that I was training so hard but I was making zero progress in terms of rounds so then came then in at the end of 2014 I tore my meniscus so I had surgery in December of 2014 and I um yeah I, I I think it was a six week kind of recovery before you could be back training so I took the six weeks and then we tried at the Dutch Open if I was able to compete and I, I competed I just did patterns I got bronze it was yeah it was just to get back on the mat really and there were a lot of people that year in 2015 who thought that I was not going to go anywhere. And then I went on to win the World Championships in Patterns in um, Italy, which that's like one of my favourite moments because I kind of, I proved so many people wrong because I had surgery beforehand. Um, and then went on to win gold and silver in Scotland so I was I was over the moon that year over the moon but that was my last year of junior so I agree with you on the people do a lot better when it's their final year yeah. of junior were you going to 
as I know kind of for myself, like where you go into it, like as you, if you thought like, okay, I've put in more effort than training and you're kind of thinking, okay, this is the one where I'm going to do well. And then it doesn't work out. And again, like the next one comes around. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay. You're thinking, this is the one I'm going to do well. And then it doesn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was, it was so hard. It was so hard to go to a competition and I mean, there's, there's obviously, there's no arrogance there. It's no, it's not, I am, I am like the best. I'm going to beat everyone, but it's the confidence you have in yourself thinking, you know, I can actually get to that final and win that final. And the fact that every time I would just lose in the first round, it, yeah, it was, it was hard, but I, 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 it didn't stop me from training hard and it didn't, stop me from keep keeping going and stuff like that so yeah then I turned senior and that's kind of yeah when my senior career's been a uh, turbulent I think is a good word I you would enjoy it if it wasn't you know that's what oh, yeah for sure for sure no I agree I all, agree it was all plain sailing it was enjoyable it makes it makes the wins so much more sweet and i think that year 2015 why it was so good was because of all the losses i had because i i had been waiting for a moment like that for so long and i i i feel like quite a few people lost hope that it would happen or maybe didn't believe it would happen because of the amount of well, I had a bad track record. So, yeah. Yeah, like I know, I kind of have something that like the, like being in the final in 2013 and then in 2014, it's like, I, I, I sometimes look back and go, oh shit, like I could be three times European champion. But then I kind of look back and go, well, if I didn't lose those two finals, I never would have won the Euros after that. I would have never won the world. So like, you know, it's like, because- Everything it, happens for a reason. So it's like, you could look at it the negative and go, well, uh, I wish that I wish this could have happened. There would have been like better if this happened, but then what happened after that wouldn't have happened without what happened before. If that, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I get you because there have been times where I've laid in bed and thought, well, if I, if I just did this thing differently, I, I could have done so much better. Or if, if this, it, it's all the what ifs, but it's, you, you have to kind of put a lid on that and, let it go because that that there have been so many occasions where I've thought that where I've made a serious mistake and it's cost me a lot, unfortunately. So how, um, did, how have you found the transition into senior? How how did you find it at first? It's it, that's a weird one. I think that's a really weird question because my first competition as senior was the Dutch Open, and the Dutch Open is hard. Like. That is a hard first competition. Um, not not as not as difficult as the Europeans or something, but that's like the hardest international competition I could have done, in my opinion. Um, but I remember going, and it didn't really feel real that I was senior because I I. I got a bit more comfortable at junior, you know, you know, there's like these tight knit groups, everyone's friends and stuff like that. And going to senior was, um, was weird. And I remember I, when I, when I was in 
because I also I graded to third degree as I turned to senior. So my first competition was a senior was my first competition as a third degree as well. And yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it's, it's hard because I, I didn't see the really, really hard transition. There was not the, I wasn't losing. I didn't go back to losing in the first round all the time. There was, and I'm, I, I, I think I, um, since winning the Worlds and Europeans, I, I was not going to go back to losing. I just refused. I downright refused. And I mean, I, tra- I, I, was, I carried on training the way I did. And I, I think I just, I didn't lose that motivation to win. Um, so the Europeans in Finland was my first international with the national team as a senior and um got to the quarterfinals in patterns maybe and i was i was gutted like i was so upset because i i really thought that i could i could do something a bit better um even if it was my first year as senior and then i went on to win bronze in sparring and i think um that was another another shock for me uh medal in sparring and no medal in patterns that's happened that's that's happened quite a few times since then and it surprised me a lot um but i i mean i being someone who does patterns and sparring and i i don't see them as non-equal like i train them equally um which it is is difficult but I only I only go for double gold. Like I only ever go for double gold. And if I don't get that, I am heartbroken. Every time I come back and I haven't got a double gold, I just like I'm beside myself a bit because I have such high standards for myself. And yeah, I I got bronze and then the World Cup, uh, gold and silver. Um, then the Europeans in Bulgaria, I got silver in patterns and nothing in sparring. And then I got, then Dublin, I, I, well, I mean, I know everyone says um, Dublin was amazing. Personally, for me, it was one of the, not, not the organization, that it was amazing organizational wise, everything. My personal experience was awful. Like it's my worst competition. Um, because I have something similar actually with the the worlds in twenty fifteen. Like um, I kind of like like that. I, I enjoyed the like I had a good time on, on the on the trip, like with 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 the guys and stuff. But mm. but still, the the way the tournament went, still like doesn't it like. I don't look back at it like it's like last first round. We last first round with the team patterns, last first round in patterns, last first round in mm-hmm. sparring. I went there for a week, all the training. Yeah. And I, I, didn't win a, I didn't win a match. I didn't win a round in anything. And like, so I just look back yeah. and I just don't look back on that competition as like being good at all. Like, I, I look at yeah. I'd say I feel completely different to everybody else because, like, that, yeah, not, you know, just completely well, changed. It is such a kick in the teeth when you. And this isn't, this isn't like 
me saying oh I always win because I don't this is it is a kick in the teeth when you have done so well not to even medal it is such a kick in the teeth and especially to lose in the first round so I totally get you on that but Dublin was I mean I I, I mean, I, I got a bronze in pre-arranged sparring, so that was amazing. The podium for that was to be amongst, like, Mark, Carl, Sylvia, Christian, uh, Mariella, Madeline was just insane. The fact that I, I stood on that podium was crazy. Um, but I broke my nose about four weeks before um, that competition, so I actually didn't fight. So. That was my first time not sparring since 2013. And then patterns I lost in the quarterfinal or something. So that I was, I was a moody bitch that whole competition. I was, I was not nice to be around um, because I was just gutted and I just did not have a good time. Yeah, like that. It's, it's interesting like that. A lot of people have said like, uh, Dublin was great or like that or it happens like, like that for other tournaments like oh that tournament was great but yeah, there's some people then that it just doesn't sit too well with but of course like that happens like it must happen for every single competition because not everyone can win um, everyone is going there for the same goal but something that my mum said really has put put it into perspective um, for me is say you have a thousand competitors at a competition only 500 will make it through the first round. And that, that is crazy. Like 500 people go home with that feeling, um, not even getting through one round. Um, and I mean, not everyone's going to have a perfect experience at these competitions and you can't forget that. And sometimes it's going to be you. Yeah. The, yeah that, that is one that, uh, like Adrian, Adrian, what my, uh, coach says that a lot of time to the kids even it's like you know when you're trying to encourage the kids to, into competition and you're saying like don't care so much about winning because like half the people are going to lose in the first round and like you look even for us only there's only what, six sparring divisions so only six people are going to win a sparring medal and four are going to win a patterns medal so there's yeah. not a lot of medals to go around yeah so yeah can uh yeah i think it's really important and i think juniors may struggle a bit more with those kind of mindsets because they're a bit more young but I know certainly as a senior I'm I mean it's a battle in your head to think like that and well I mean I I say this when I'm at a competition I lose like I cry my eyes out like I come off the mat and I'm I, I just burst into tears um but uh, like you, you have to think bigger than just that one medal. Um, that's just my opinion, and and it does drive you crazy sometimes, unfortunately. But yeah, um, everyone loses. The the best lose. Uh, it's just how the cookie crumbles. That you can't win all the time. Yeah. And do you, do you think that a couple of times, like the times maybe when you did lose, do you think that was more, uh, was it more a mental thing or do you think it was a, 
a physical thing like that you needed to, to do in training or um it depends on the competition i think um because in 2017 in bulgaria in so i i was i was so confident there um sparring wise because i had had such a good competition in budapest i was really really going there to win because i got silver in budapest and um i remember first round i had katie (laughs) and i remember i saw that draw and i was like are you having a fucking joke like why 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 when we were in the semi-final against each other um a year before why are we in the first round together i was and i remember speaking to neil who oh my god like he changed my sparring so much like i have so much to thank him for um and he i remember i texted him and i went have you seen the draw with the laughing face and he went yeah but it's fine and i wasn't i wasn't necessarily worried um i i I mean i don't know how katie felt but i wasn't necessarily worried i was i was ready for the challenge because i knew i knew how good she was well she'd beaten me before and um yeah and that was that was a mental challenge to get through that fight um so went through that round then went against poland um and that was another tough one because she's such a tough fighter um patricia um such she's so lovely but such a tough fighter and i i remember it went to a draw and oh my god like i was i was burning out um because the way the draw went was i fought katie i won that i had two minutes to rest and i was straight back on and then if i was to win that i was too like they gave me about two minutes i mean i don't know why because i needed more rest but they gave me about two minutes and then i was straight back on again because I went on to win the fight against um, Poland. Then I was against Romania and every single girl was fresh. So, so um, obviously me and Katie first round, then Patricia fresh, like she hadn't fought yet. And then the Romanian girl was also fresh. So she had not fought yet. And I'd had two fights already. And I was like, you know, I can't really remember that fight. We think maybe I took a heavy hit and, um, yes, maybe I got maybe a bit concussed or something. I don't really remember the fight that well. Um, but I remember losing in the last two seconds or something, two, three seconds. Um, everyone was shouting around me, um, no more warnings. And I stepped out of the ring, didn't I? I just stepped out the ring because I just wasn't with it. And that was a mental one because um, I was so tired. I was mentally and physically exhausted. And because they were three really tough fights. And that made me, that changed the way I trained a bit. I trained a lot more endurance because if that situation happened again, I wouldn't want to be in the same position where I was so burnt out. Yeah. 
Um, so I would say, um, I don't know, I've had so, some really tough fights before and every single one I think changes the way you train a little. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And even, I think even the way maybe you approach it, it could be something that you do on, on the day of the competition. It can be, I think every time like it, it, it brings out just, just small changes and then hopefully like that day, they, they add up and eventually you're, you're on the top step of the podium. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, I think every, every, I've, whenever I look back at fights and patterns, I, I, I don't know if this is just me with self-reflection. I, I look at every single, everything I've done and I've seen progression at every single competition as I go on. And I try and make sure of that. I would never want to go to a competition worse than what I was before. Just because I, of the amount of experience that you get from fighting the toughest fighters in the world, um, in, in your division, that you, ha- you have to get better. You can't, you can't afford to get worse. Like, you won't win. And I think that's what really pushes me to train as hard as I train. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Like, and and you find, find like the people who are in the division are have been in the division with you for with you for years. Like, they're not getting worse. And then there's just mm-hmm. get to the point where there's just new people who are just as good are coming in. It's like so. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, juniors come in the division, and they they they're raring to go well maybe not all of them but a a fraction of them uh coming into the division like they've they've won their junior division and they've come to put like stamp their mark on the senior division you can't and you don't want to be like losing to well i mean i mean (laughs) You, well, you don't. You don't want to lose to juniors who've just come up to senior. You, you, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a fact. It, it's the same. Like if, um, if say a, a, a black tag's come up to black belt. I don't know. Not now, but you know, like I've, I've had, I've, I've um, experienced. Like I'm talking when I was younger, like kids, um, who uh, like color belts and like black tag and, and stuff they come into their first black belt competition and they think that they're going to do really well and well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go easy on you i'm probably gonna go harder on you because i don't want you to win yeah yeah or let you or let the person think they could even win <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know um but coming back to training i think the reason well, my mindset is um, I, I, and this is um, an opinion I have of myself, um, and I, I'm very proud of the training I do. I do not believe that, well, I, I think everyone must have this opinion. I, I think everyone needs to have this opinion. Otherwise, you're not going to train as hard as you possibly can. I believe that I do not train any less than anyone else. I train just, I do not train. Uh, how do I word it now? 
um, it's no, I, I say no one trains as harder than me. People may train as hard as me, but no one trains harder than me because if someone's training harder than you, they can beat you. I, I, I that's really what pushes me to train as much as I do because I don't want anyone training harder than me. No, no one's going to train harder than me. Maybe they'll train as hard as me, but not harder. <laughs> yeah, I think. And maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know how that sounds. That's not meant to sound, you know, cocky or anything, but well, it's I just. Uh, everybody has that, well, especially the people who do well. I think everybody has that, has that kind of mindset. I think you have to. I think you, you have to have that mindset. You can't, you can't think. Well, when I get up and say I don't feel like training because everyone has those days, I I try and think. Well, everyone else in my division has got up already and they're already training. Yeah. So, Izzy, you need to get your act together and get up. Yeah, I kind of I tried to think today. The days the days you don't want to do it are the days you have to do it. It's kind of that's the oh, kind of yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I, I tried I to. Agree. Uh, what I try to put put on it, my own head, is that the days you don't want to do it, it's that's that's the one time, that's the time you have to do it. That like it's it's easy to get up, like when you're when you get up and you're feeling great and you're like, oh yeah, I, I can't wait to go train. And that's great. That's they're the days that are easy. It's the ones where you're like, oh, I don't feel like it. They're they're the difference makers. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but no, I I I think another part of it is I love training. Like I I love training that. And that's not even like, I'm not lying. Like when I say I love it. And I think that's another key thing that as much as there are times when I don't want to, or I don't want to get out of bed because I'm tired or like my, I've got really bad doms from my leg session yesterday. Like I'm still going to train because I love it. And that's that I think having the combination of um wanting to train harder than everyone else plus loving it that's like the perfect combination yeah definitely actually yeah um yeah i think like that on the whole i think most on the whole i think most people enjoy it and uh, that's probably most of the reason why they do it and then but there is obviously those times where it's like actually just yeah. that, that one day out of how many where you don't want to do it and it's oh, really. I, I i mean I I think that if someone says that they never have those days, uh, they're lying. They're lying because, like you, you can't. You're everyone's human. You're not gonna want to uh, get up and go to the gym for S and C in the morning every day. But you just gotta do it. Especially if you've done it the last three, four however many times in a row it's kind of like oh it's this again you know it's that kind of thing it's yeah yeah, yeah. i get you i get you repetitiveness of it like that can be a bit yeah 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 no i know i i definitely feel that but after like but after 2017 you kind of you had a good year in 2018 so yeah yeah that that's my favorite year that's that was amazing i mean I had um I had some uh I had some hard times but um no 2018 was insane so obviously had the euros 
and to be honest that's one of them ones where I th- I stay up at night and think what if um because I was so gutted that I didn't get double gold there so I got bronze in patterns and gold in sparring and that actually was my first um title in sparring so I'd come so close um before I'd had um well I got bronze in Benidorm, silver in Scotland, silver in Budapest, bronze in Tampere, quarterfinal finishes in uh, 2017, and then I couldn't fight in Dublin. Um, so, you know, I was so excited to fight there, um, especially after not being able to fight in Dublin. Uh, yeah, that w- it was a tough competition, but I, I really enjoyed that. Like, when I think back, it was... It was really enjoyable. There were some close shaves as well, which make it all the more exciting. Yeah. Again, again, that's another one I look back on, not too fondly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. Like Everyone sees them differently because everyone, yeah. not everyone's going to have the same, same, you know, experiences. Uh, but that, that competition uh, was, yeah. I'm, I am, I'm proud when I look back on how I did at that competition. I'm I'm so proud of myself because um, I had like uni work and I had things going on. There was a lot of adversity and um, yeah, and I still did it. (laughs) So I was, I was really proud of myself. Um, And then obviously came back and uh, had more uni exams and got them done. And then for Sydney, we weren't sure if we were going to go. Um, and then my dad said, he said, and you know what, it's quite fitting with what's happening at the moment. He said, well, we don't know when the next time is that we're going to be able to go to Australia. It's a perfect opportunity to go over to Australia, which is really true. Now I think about it because we can't go anywhere. Um, so, we went and um, I think that was like one of my hardest weight cuts. So um, on the flight, I was like starving and stuff like that. And then got there and with patterns was the first day. And I was feeling really confident with my patterns. Well, every year, every time I compete, I'm, you feel really confident, but I was like, I can win this. Yeah. I, I won my first round and then I lost to Madeline and she is amazing. So, I mean, when I look back at it, I I really can't complain. Um, I put up my best effort and it wasn't good enough. So it, it, it is what it is really. Um, but then sparring, um, I, 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 that was another one where there was quite a few close shaves. Um, I had a, a draw in the first round and um, then went on to win that. And I was over the moon with that um, because I, you know, you know, when like you, you believe that you can do something, but when it actually happened, you're like, wait, did that actually happen? Because the fact that I had won the Euros in sparring, and then the World Cup in sparring in the same year when I hadn't won any golds in sparring internationally was, I w- it was insane. 
Um, but then, uh, what do we have next? Romania in, uh, yeah, the European Cup. Uh, and, oh my God, that weight cut was even worse than Australia. I had to cut my hair, um, which was quite funny. Um, but um, made the weight and had some really tough fights there as well. I went on to win patterns and sparring there. And that was my first time winning both. And yeah, that was pretty crazy. Really, really crazy. And then, um, yeah, not really done anything since. <laughs> did yeah. The, 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 the hair worked? Because I've seen, I remember there was a, there was a girl in um, Jessalo who was on the second try and was still a little bit over and cut her hair. And she was I still, heard about that. Oh, well, it worked. I was I um I was fifty point six um after forty five minutes and um and then you know what I well we were joking that morning we were joking about it they were like oh Izzy what if we have to cut your hair like ha ha and I was like oh no that's not gonna happen it's fine and then <laughs> so I was 50.6 and I remember turning to them and I was like do we have scissors and they were like what and I went cut my hair now like you do it now <laughs> and so we ran to the bathroom and um Bo was there and um so I she, I was like over the sink and she grabbed my hair and she went up to about there and I went, no, less than that. And so it went to like there and it was, um, it was all skewiff, but we got um, 50.5. So it was fine. And, and, and you won then. So then it was definitely worth yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was worth it. It was worth it. I, I, I made sure to make it worth it. Um, I would have been so angry at myself if I didn't, uh, but my hair grew back. So that's fine. Yeah, would have been a long way to go to, to not even get to fight. Yeah, I know, for sure, for sure. Um, so then, like in 20, 2019, then you had a bit of a, you had an injury. What was, uh, how did that kind of come so, about? What was the injury and how how was the road? So, um, I mean, this is this has probably been the most difficult thing that maybe... I've ever had to go through because um so right I'll take it to the beginning December 2017 I I because I I torn my meniscus in 20, 2014 and I was feeling kind of the same symptoms in my knee um in at the end of 2017 and we went to see my surgeon and he scanned it and he said well you've you've got a you partially like you've t torn it a bit again because I, 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 they weren't acute injuries. So it was a lot of wear and tear from rotating. And I mean, yeah, there was a lot of wear and tear in my knee. So we agreed with my surgeon that I would just rehab because he didn't want to operate again because your lateral meniscus, you can't actually get that back once it's gone. And once it's gone, your knee is like going to be just bone on bone in, in some places. Not, I know there's, there's more biology to it. I don't really know. Um, and then 2018, I just, I just went on training. Um, 
And I, ha- I was on a pretty rigorous rehab program from like January to about August. And we thought the issue had kind of sorted itself out. Um, but then obviously training for the World Cup, I was training two to three times a day all summer. And yeah, that kind of broke me a bit because when we got back from Sydney, uh, my knee was a lot more swollen in more places. And so we, we sorted out that I get a scan after Romania. And I was really worried at this point because I could hardly walk from November, 2018. And it, it, it it got really bad and um so I went to see I got referred to a, sur- a different surgeon and um I was expecting to have the same surgery that I had before so it like a six week surgery or six week rehab and then I'll be straight back and I was like well we'll say if I need the surgery I can have it in in December time and I can do the exact same as what I did in 2014 have the surgery be back and then I can compete in Germany because I was already selected for the world championships and I went to see the surgeon and he said to me, well, we're going to have to do a meniscus repair, not just an arthroscopy and take it out. Um, we're going to do a meniscus repair, which is a much more major sur- surgery. And so I was like, okay, like I, I didn't really know what he was saying. And I said, okay. Um, and I said, so, so how do we proceed? And he went, Okay, so um, we'd have the surgery and you'll be out for four months. You'll be on crutches for six weeks, six weeks and then you'll be out for four or five months. <laughs> I remember I was, I mean, I can laugh now because it's all over, but um, I, I, I burst into tears as soon as he said it. Um, I was absolutely beside myself. Um, and I remember saying to him, is there any option that I can wait, do the world championships and wait? And he said, to be honest, I don't recommend it because your knee is in a, in a bad way. And I said, well, I can try and train. Like I've been training all this time with it. Um, and we'll do a lot of rehab. And I was very in denial um, because I, 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 want, I wanted so bad to compete in Germany because I had a shit time in Dublin. Um, because obviously I, I couldn't fight in Dublin and um, obviously like I don't want to stop. I don't want to miss a competition. And um, yeah, I was absolutely heartbroken. Um, so we went on, we tried to train, adapted some training in order to get to the Worlds. And I would say about two weeks in, I, w- I was, I was, I got really, really unhappy um, because I was, I was, I'd train in the morning, I'd wake up, train in the morning and then have to ice my knee. I wouldn't really be able to walk. And then I would go back, train, come back, like not be, not being able to walk. It was a really unhealthy way of living, like mentally and physically. And so, um, December, early January, we decided to go ahead with the surgery because I said that if I was to train the way I was training, maybe I would be fine. Like I, 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 because I know that I could kind of put myself through that because 
I wanted it so bad, but I was, everyone around me was like, this isn't, this isn't good. My parents were, were hoping that I would kind of come to my senses because I, I'd be crying all, like all day in, in pain and also just in frustration. And, um, so we decided to go ahead with the surgery, but, um, well, I did the Dutch Open. That was my last competition. Um, and I did patterns. I didn't do sparring. But it was it was a situation where one day I'd walk I'd wake up and I'd be able to walk fine. And maybe I'd wake up and I wouldn't be able to walk. And uh I woke up on the morning of the Dutch Open not being able to walk. Um I mean I still competed, but I remember coming off and I I just absolutely bawled my eyes out because I knew that was the last time I was going to be competing. What I thought was going to be about four or five months at the time. Um, and that was, that was uh, really, really difficult. Uh, then I had surgery in end of February. And I, I don't know, I've, I I found I, I was I found it so hard because my whole life was surrounded like my whole life was based around my trading and based around competitions and the fact that I'd lost that I you you know getting an injury really it opened my eyes to kind of my life and how I kind of lost who I was um last year because I didn't have my taekwondo to kind of ground me I didn't have um training I didn't have competitions I wasn't seeing all my friends and stuff like that and it was it was a really really hard time and um I didn't really know how to deal with it um but flights were already booked to Germany so I had to come and um no one really knew because I didn't tell anyone. Um, I like, I kind of, I didn't know how to deal with it. So I, I didn't tell anyone really. I, 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 I didn't want to announce anything and say, Oh yeah, I've had this operation and stuff because one thing I knew that was, I didn't want everyone asking I don't want people contacting me saying, how, how are you? How is everything? How is your knee? I just didn't want that. So I just, I remember saying to my friends, I said, if you're going to put me on Instagram, can you like not get my leg in it? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and um, yeah, so no one knew. And I remember I laugh now, um, but uh, I remember we were at the weigh-in in Germany and the, our our tracksuit our tracksuit bottoms are black and my knee brace was black and I was walking around and uh, I I bumped into Julio and we were just chatting and he was like oh Izzy are you ready have you weighed in are you all right like are you ready to go and I was like um and I pointed to my leg and he was like shit what have you done and I was like yeah I had surgery and uh no one really knew, and it, it's quite funny that um, people still thought I was competing, and I had like a knee brace on and stuff like that. 
Um, but no, it was a, it was a really hard time. Um, and I've, I've worked really hard to get back to where I was. Um, so frankly, I'm absolutely gutted that the Euros was cancelled and the World Cup's been postponed. Like I am gutted because I was so ready to come back. Yeah. How did you find then, like, because obviously when you got to the world, you still had all the questions about, about your knee. You still had Yeah, everything. that was that that was hard because it was gonna come at some point. Mm. Because as much as um you're not gonna like I didn't wanna publicize it and I I I didn't want I didn't want the I, d- I didn't really want the sympathy. I, I didn't want the questions and but I knew it was gonna happen when I was in Germany and we kind of um I, I didn't really do much explaining. I was just like, oh I had surgery. Um very, 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 very few people knew. I would say I could count on one hand how many people knew internationally. And even my national like the England national team, even we, even they didn't know until I turned up to a session a month before on crutches. Like they they had no idea because I just didn't want to didn't want to do it. But Germany was hard because I didn't like watching and not being able to do it. I was gonna ask it was, you it was how did you find it been in the standing? Especially when your division when your division start. They're kind of going, oh, I could. I there, there, there are a lot of tears on that trip. Um, I, I, you know, I'm fully open to say it that there were so many tears. There were so many hugs where I was like bawling my eyes out because I couldn't compete. Um, I don't know. I don't know what would have been worse to stay at home or to go because I remember. I felt exactly the same when I was at home for the Euros in Bosnia. I was exactly the same. I think I think it was just something that I had to firm. I just had to get through it. I just had to let it, let the emotions take me and let it be over with. Yeah, it was the Euros in Bosnia. Was that still still recovering from the this, the knee injury? That was a that was a difficult one because I was meant to be back for that. So I had been training tirelessly to get back for that. It was it was the one thing I had in my mind, and um, some things went wrong with selections, and there were there were some things that went wrong um, in terms of my selection, and then I I ended up not being able to go. Um, but that probably that probably made me feel so much worse than when I was I, I had the surgery and I knew I wasn't going to be going to the worlds. The the emotions I felt when I found that out that I wasn't going to the Euros. I, I I've never felt anything like it. It was it was really weird. Um, it was. Um, in, I don't know. It, I, I'm a motivated person. I train consistently. I don't really have time off. I didn't train for a month after I found that out because I just, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't bring myself to go to training knowing I had nothing to train for. Um. So yeah, it, it, 
rehab kind of got put on hold uh, in about September time. Then when I got back to uni, it kind of picked up again. And once the Euros had gone, I was, I was a bit more okay because it, it was over with. Every, everyone was looking towards the next goal. So then rehab picked back up and um, we looked at the Dutch Open, but it was just not feasible in terms of my rehab because of the month that I took where I just didn't do anything. I, I It put me back a few weeks. Um, so then I competed at um, like a university competition in February and then the Warrior Open and then another university competition. But the Warrior Open was the first one I did. Patterns on sparring. And that, that was, it was weird. It was weird. It was amazing, but weird. <laughs> I like that. It's kind of probably even more weird now the fact that we can't compete at the moment either. Oh, uh, Jamie, I am fuming, fuming because I I have been working so hard. I, I've to to get back to the Euros and the fact that it got cancelled is kind of laughable. That um, because um, a lot of people were saying to me last year, "Oh, Izzy, don't worry, they'll always be next year." And I'm like, and there wasn't. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I was kind of fairly when it first got cancelled. I was kind of like, oh well, look, it is what it is. And then, obviously, you know, like last week or the week before, we were meant to be there, and it yeah. was like, and because I haven't trained and so on, that's when it really was just like, shit. Just I like, think it's a bit. It's, really it's a weird. Feeling. <laughs> I think it's a really weird feeling, more than anything. Yeah. So. Like, you, you said already that you you tend to go for pattern like to try and win in patterns as much as you do sparring and you, you train both equal how, how do you find training them trying to train both of them the same would, um, would you think if you just picked one you know people have suggested that to me so people have said to me um are you like do you want to just pick one or are you, are you thinking of doing that and i I'm never, I'm never thinking of specializing in one. That's just not something I, I, I see myself doing because patterns was something I've always done. And sparring is something that I've found that I love to do. I love them both equally. Um, I train them both equally. Um, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard balance. And, you know, um, it's, you have to make some sacrifices in that I can't train as much sparring as people who just do sparring. I can't train as much patterns as people do who do just do patterns, but I try my hardest to match with both. So I try my hardest to basically do double of what someone who would specialize in one would do, but there's only 24 hours in the day and it's quite hard. You think that? You think that maybe plays a part in picking up injuries? Yeah, it could do. I, I, yeah, someone someone has said that to me. Um, where they said, if I only did patterns, do you rec- like do I reckon the injury would happen? Or if I only did sparring, maybe we we like I could think about that all day. Like I could think about all the different causes of what of why my knee is the way it is, but my surgeon said to me that there are people who do the exact same as what you do and may not get any injuries. It's just, 
I have a bit of a temperamental knee and it's just annoying. Um, but I just have to look after it a bit more uh, to get it, give it a bit more TLC. I have a, not only do I have a rehab program, I have like it's rehab slash prehab. So what I'm doing is to prevent injuries as well. It's not just to nurture my injury that I have already. Well, I mean, it's gone, but there's scarring and wastage and stuff like that. It's, um, I think people, people don't understand, um, the severity of an injury until they've had one. I think I didn't understand before I had this surgery that I had how, how much of a detrimental effect it would have because I had like, obviously you have the surgery, but you also have the muscle wastage. You have the scarring you have to get rid of externally and internally. You have to get treatment on it. You have to rebuild all your muscle in the correct way. Not in the, so you, you might have to change everything that you're doing. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of work, um, but I mean, you just have to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I've had myself. I've had a, an ankle. I had a kind of a bad enough ankle injury, but like that didn't need surgery. And probably the only real thing after that was a broken wrist. I broke it in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Like at the worst happened. Um, but like that, that was kind of you know. I think I was in a cast for five weeks. It was taken off, and you yeah. know. Yeah, there was a little bit of building it up and, and that, but like yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't months. It was maybe, you know, it was. Yeah, I get you. You know, maybe 10, like if it was 10, like maybe between the cast and then by the time it was back to normal, it was maybe eight weeks, 10 weeks. Like, so. Yeah. It's not it, that it's, um, long slog, like of, get of, you have the time where you're on the crutches, then that's off. And then you're going through all the, like you said, the, the building it up and the, the rehab, the heavy rehab. It's, uh, I haven't had, thankfully, I haven't had to experience anything like that. I mean, everyone, everyone has different experiences of different things that, um, I know any, anyone, um, like I, I empathize with anyone who's gone through any injury, whether it be not um, like minor to major, because let alone if you even have a small injury, like a broken wrist, it's still going to affect you massively because it's, it's not even, it's, it's also a mental battle as well as a physical one, because I know. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that when I look at my performance at the Warrior Open, I don't think that my way of sparring has changed that much. Um, But I know it can, like it can really change how someone performs because they, they have like mental fixations on their knee and, or, or their shoulder or whatever. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it can really, really affect someone's performance. So I, I empathize with anyone who's gone through a serious injury, whether, well, well, whether it's non-serious or serious. So then like, how do you find balance in university with, with, with training? How do you, how do you find that balance then? Uh, well, it's an interesting one because I think, uh, again, everyone's, um, everyone's experiences differ. So I know personally, I've had such an amazing experience at uni because of the university I was at. 
So um, at Brunel, my university, um, it's a it's a very sporty uni, and we kind of we kind of looked at universities that were extremely high, like had a lot of high level sport um, because I wanted to be around like minded people. I didn't want to be surrounded by people who were going out every night of the week. I didn't want to be around people who were keeping me up in, at night in the kitchen, just pissing about. I, I wanted to be surrounded by people who uh, had a similar mindset to me. And I know that um, I did find that. Like I found, I found that at Brunel. Um, I, I'm surrounded by... Um, some amazing athletes in in different sports as well and I think that's also benefited my training because well all the girls I live with are all athletes and their training's crazy and um, we're all quite um, healthy and we all like to go to bed at an okay time and stuff like that and um, we all really motivate each other I think we push each other to be better because say one of us is feeling a little less motivated and we're all talking and they're like, Oh, I really, I, I don't want to train today. Well, we all try and pick them up because we're all in the same boat and we're all trying to, you know, achieve what we want to achieve. And it's, um, it's really nice. Like I, I, I am so happy with my university experience. Although the work, like the work training, um, balance can be a little tough you have to have really really good time management because of the amount of work there is and also um the amount of training um yeah well sometimes i have to sacrifice training so like these past two weeks when i've had so much work i just haven't trained but i could afford to because we have nothing on you find that kind of helps that you need like happen to have that structure to the balance between like assignments and stuff and training do you feel like that structure helps yeah yeah definitely i think um uh I, i'm i wouldn't say i i fully need structure i i i quite like to not have some structure sometimes but when i am in so this year i've i've obviously been in third year i've had my dissertation i've had a lot of work um i've really had to structure my days and we'll wake up that little bit earlier and uh, maybe I'm going to bed a bit later, but sacrifices. Yeah. It's um, obviously like, at the moment it's, it's been a little bit easier, I suppose. Cause uh, like, like you said, there isn't much, <laughs> there isn't much training to do. <laughs> For sure. Definitely. It, it, it is. It, it was, it was a bit, I felt a bit better about myself about missing training when, nothing is on um because well i needed to take that time to, to finish all my work anyway so yeah the the, the, the silver lining i guess is it? oh yeah definitely. <laughs> well you have to have that balance and uh well even i i i feel that my my work is a break from my training and my training's a break from my work sometimes when I, when I'm like doing nothing else. So say, um, I don't know, well on Mondays, this term I had, I was in 10 till 
10 till 4 or 10 till 5. And so I would, I'd have to gym. I'd gym in the morning before my lectures. Uh, I'd take my lunch with me to lectures. Then I'd, I'd be in till 5. And then I'd, ha- I've had, I'd have like half an hour and then I'd have to go to training. So it was kind of that balance where my training was a break from my work and my work was a break from my training. Yeah. So actually, yeah, just before we kind of finish up, um, if you had to pick a, if you had to pick a favorite fighter, who would you pick? doesn't have to necessarily be Taekwondo or ITF. Of course, it's I don't hard. Know. Be That's a hard question. It, it, it catches everybody. Um, well, it's what I enjoy. But, but this is the, this is the problem because like I'd pick a favorite and then I'd be like, Oh, but this person, but this person, this is hard because I'm right. I'm going to stick to Taekwondo because, and I'm going to pick a girl and a boy because I mean, I, I, I don't believe you can, I mean, you can, you can compare the two. I think, I think that there are, if you think of a catcher and Julia cross and people like that, they, they, they like, they're the top regardless of girls and boys. Um, but I, this is really hard, Jamie. Uh, Um, I should have thought of that about this. I knew you were going to ask me this and I, I just forgot. Um, currently I would say, um, Daniela Denchishin is, is just insane at the, at the, at the current moment. I think he is just amazing. Um, but then, um, Refreshed you managed to pronounce huh? Refreshed you managed to pronounce his second. <laughs> well, oh. I've never even tried to say it. He's just it's just Danilo. I think most people get who you. <laughs> well, yeah, like I yeah, Danilo. Um, but I think also um, this is you know this. There's just so many. You can't make me choose. Yeah, I, I, I got. Think- favorite female fighter um this is hard as well because there are so many i i i, I mean you, you can't go wrong catch solovey she's just the best she she's insane like if i if i could ever be anything like her i would uh, be very proud of myself because she's just on another level and i think that even if if, if she came back to competing she would she would uh, do just as well as what she's done in the past. I just think she's amazing. I really admire her. Yeah, she she'd be my favorite fighter uh, in Taekwondo, like male or female. Like she she'd be my yeah, favorite. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I think that like male or female, like she's be- the best of the best. That was a, an interesting question. That was kind of the, I actually said to the to the guys the other day is. Uh, uh, yeah, well, how, how do you think she'd do if she came back? And I think it'd be interesting to see. I think she'd still do. She'd still be able to do yeah, really well. Even for sure. Not in, for sure. I not think. Um, seven years or I something. Think, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it's a, a difficult one when uh, you think about um, male and females in combat sport. A lot of people um, 
don't really associate females with the best um, combat sports people. And that kind of makes me a bit sad, but I think that that's, that's changing a bit now with uh, a lot of talent in the UFC. Yeah, I think it's definitely definitely starting to change. Um, like that, even like recently, it was on the same weekend as the Warrior Open with uh, when Joanna Jenchik fought. Uh, oh Oilers. my gosh, um, that was insane! Was insane. In we were flying home. We had, we left I think at six in the morning, and uh, to go to the airport. So uh, mm. get the cash flow, and I ended up going onto my phone. So I was watching it in the car on the on the drive, and. Uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, so it's such a great fight that was. I think fights like that yeah. started to change like that. And I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad. I think. Uh, I think. Um, like as 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 females, I think we deserve it because um, we we train we train just as hard. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think it's changing, which is good. I do too. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. like training just as hard, and uh, the the competition is still is just as fierce. So, yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think that might be a good place to a good place to wrap it up. Uh, All right, I I I, talk, I can talk for England, so um, it's probably good that you stopped me because I could I could talk forever. I don't know. I really I enjoyed the chat. Uh, some good stories. <laughs> Thank there. you so much. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, thanks for coming on. And um, if we get it, like hopefully we'll be back to like proper training and we'll get. Maybe oh yeah, some- I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, we'll be good. All right. So, uh, so keep safe and all the best. Well, thank you.